0: Last week's episodes, we mentioned that Darren was about to depart for the States to try out for the vacant Giants wide receiver options. Uh, with the start of the season drawing near, we can't really afford to lose the momentum that we've been building up over the last little while. So, to not only keep this momentum going, but to really crank it up into top gear, we have a very special guest for today. Without him, I probably would never have gotten into the sport of American football, uh, would not be doing this podcast, and I wouldn't even exist, really. Uh, of course, I am talking about my father, Papa Both himself, Mr. Steve Bothwell. How's it going, Dad? Wow. <laughs> That's
1: some introduction. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? Welcome aboard. Are you just supposed to say thanks for having me, I suppose? Uh, oh, thanks for having me. It's, it is a like transfer deadline day here, so I thought you the old big money signing just uh, out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, pr- yeah pretty thank much. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much for having me on.
0: Yeah, uh, you'll probably regret this later <laughs> on, but uh, as long as it doesn't uh, just... digress into um, yeah. s- stories of, of me as a small child or uh, or anything like that. But just keep in mind that I am editing this later on, so I can just like cut together lots, lots of things and make it sound very good in my favour.
1: Yeah, well, you you know the way I am, it'll probably end up being embarrassing stories about me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but let let us go with the vernacular. Let's pick up this ball and run with it. Eh?
0: Yeah, sure, absolutely. I, I like it. See, you, you're way better than Darren already. Uh, well,
1: I was just wondering if I was going to do the uh, pause for effect. See what I did there. <laughs> that was good.
0: That. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, thank you very much for for joining me today on what is uh, somehow our 20th episode. Uh, With you being our first high-profile guest on the show, I'm anticipating that this will be our biggest yet. Uh, So on today's show, we're going to take a bit of a look through the careers of our eight Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees for 2019 before heading down the stables for Broncos Corner so we can discuss the state of the franchise in Denver. Um, before that, we'll get to the news. But before that, would you mind kind of telling us a little bit about how you got into American football, and like, just just give us a bit of your background on uh, your involvement in the game? Okay. Well, uh, uh, probably quite dull, really, but <laughs> way
1: back, probably 1982, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, channel Channel Four started showing an hour's highlights on a Sunday evening of the previous week So Wasn't that great? It's always a but, little bit dated too. Uh, me Yeah Me and my friends Go into it So But you know what? You know a few of them Jim, Jim Rickaby Being the, the main one mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to see If I can so, get him on For a a,
0: yeah. a a fantasy pod At some point If possible Oh yeah, yeah I'm just going to sure try And co- coax lots of little uh, Nuggets of information Out of him See if I can actually Win this thing oh, again It's been a while Yeah
1: he will have plenty We're going to do it that way And it just sort of Snowballed from there. Um, some of us picked teams. Uh, I picked Broncos. It was around about the time the John Elway draft thing was happening, the mm. draft, you know, the the famous QB draft. Yeah, 1983, uh, yeah. And I, and I really didn't like, oh, a lot of guys were going, oh, Redskins or Radars or 49ers, you know, because they were recently. Super Bowl champs and winners, and I no, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So I picked this useless team for the Rockies. Uh, so that part of it, that's that's a
0: way that, how that goes. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, that's pretty um, admirable, not just jumping yeah. on any bandwagon, uh, not looking yeah. at any Patriots fans in particular these days or anything, but uh, yeah, so. Oh, well,
1: yeah. you gotta jump in a wagon you gotta jump in a wagon make it
0: a bandwagon eh oh well i'm jumping on the the browns bandwagon just now of course it's still with my broncos as my front runners but it's it's good to see them getting uh, getting back up and being competitive after such a a long long time like properly down in the doldrums just whereas like their fan base has never really dwindled they've always stuck by them i find that quite admirable uh of course, when it comes to us playing them later on this year, we changed.
1: <laughs> yeah, but again, with these things, I haven't proved anything yet.
0: Nope, absolutely not. They're they're shite until yeah, yeah, proven was tough, decent. I was tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. My history. I just thought. Well, one of my friends, the old uh, Martin Gary, he played for the local team here, the Granite City Oilers, uh, and he asked me to go along to, you know, try out for them. Mm-hmm. So I thought, no, oh, no, nah, I don't fancy that. So. I went down to look at them, to watch the tryouts, and I ended up taking part, ended up taking part, and I uh, ended up being on the defensive line, mm-hmm. rather undersized, but uh, I must have, uh, defensive line coach, uh, Coach Donaldson, mm-hmm. really nice guy, really
0: know- knowledgeable. Uh, he
1: got the best out of me. All the minds season, though, because something else
0: happened that year. Uh, well, what, what would come along and ruin such a promising career? What would we, what come that Yeah, maybe a baby boy, probably. Oh,
1: would it be? In that case, congratulations. There's only one team uh, yeah, photo I'm aware of, and it was ha- happened to be taken at Seton Park on the... Sixth of March, nineteen eighty-eight. No, I was something uh, else. Where was that, it? that. Yeah,
0: that that date rings a bell somehow. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. three three eight eight. Can't remember. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but uh, that probably ended my Oilers career. There, what it was, a back up nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Oilers. It gave you a, a better appreciation of mm. uh, what the game was all about, and actually what was behind the game because. We're doing something like three training sessions a week. Uh, Yeah, it's a a lot of hard effort. Game day was a whole, yeah, game day was a whole day. And uh, if you weren't training or playing, you were in the gym. So one good thing about that is I still, yeah, it's full on contact. It really is. You've got to commit to it or it's not worth trying. Um, I still have the weight thing. I still do a bit of those, so I've got that to thank for it. Uh, Still jacked. Yeah. has gotten. not quite, <laughs> but I do my best. But mm-hmm. the laziness and in, and in, indolence—that's a great word—that uh, has something to do with it. Yeah. Enough about me. <laughs> enough about me. That's all stuff that you know. I've been going through my my notes that the director sent me earlier. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and the the good bit—the first one—I get to speak about the Auckland Raiders. Ah yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so, did, did did you yeah. just do a segue there? Did you just segue you into the news? Hey, like well, I've got, to, I, I sign off on the segues, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you can edit that
0: one out. <laughs> no, clear. not at all. One thing to check
1: here this is, is is what's what what sort of level of swearing am I allowed in this?
0: Uh, you can you can do whatever you want. I mean, I occasionally bleep you, out the Fs. Out. Um
1: Yeah. I, like well, in in the last episode, I just well, left
0: them in for comic effect. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, well,
1: I hadn't listened to the last one. I listened to the second last one last night. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. If it felt good, that I've one, i You're over. Supposed, you're, you're supposed to be running this. So come on. Let's get us back on track, then. Well, going in yeah. with that f- fantastic segue into talking about the Oakland Raiders, uh, that does bring us on to the news. So um, the Oakland Raiders, uh, aforementioned, made quite a splash this summer by acquiring star-wide receiver Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Brown's been baking, making the headlines this week for a rather bizarre and quite gruesome reason. So Chris Sims of NBC Sports uh, reported that AB84 is said to be dealing with severely frostbitten feet after entering a cryotherapy machine without the proper footwear. Now, have you seen the the, the images of this? Because it's, um, it's like, t- take the worst blister you've ever had and then just make it cover your entire foot.
1: Yeah, well, I did look at this, and uh, you know, frostbite is not nothing. It, it's really nasty, mm. nasty injury. Uh, if they don't catch it quick enough, you you know, you lose you lose a limb. Uh, but I'm looking at this story, and I didn't hadn't actually heard it because I mean, we away, from, I was away for the weekend, so away from my usual media sources. Mm-hmm. But I looked into it, and I just couldn't stop shaking my head. This, this guy's a this guy's a professional athlete on a professional team, and and this sort of shit happens. I mean,
0: really? Well, I mean, who, whose I mean, fault I mean, is it? Do you, do you, like? It depends on how it's going to come out, but
1: well, put it like this, Stuart, I'd be quite surprised if this was this was his first encounter with a cryotherapy machine. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if that was the case. You know, so many years in the league on a pro team, you, you must have had this before. So, yeah, one, it's him. Mm-hmm. Two, it's the trainers. These things happen. There's nobody supervising any of this. There's any t- well, to me, it's just typical Raiders. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's obviously horrible to see a, a player, especially someone who's such a, a big star as Antonio Brown, uh, come up with a, a, such a horrendous-sounding injury so close to the start of the season, but... um. Uh, they are playing the Broncos in week one, so maybe we'll be lucky and not have to deal with them.
1: Yeah, that'd be good, because he's, he's the only thing they've got to throw to.
0: Yeah, well, like they've, they've made a couple of other additions. Uh, I think uh, they got Tyrell Williams over from the Chargers, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, of course, they're going to be enjoying uh, having uh, Josh Jacobs out the backfield as well. He's a pretty good receiver, but... Um, yeah, he's he's clearly the one who's going to take up all the all the big coverage and open things up for everyone else. So if he's not there, big step down. Brown had his rather strange uh, exit from from Pittsburgh, um, seeming that like he was just unhappy there, wanted to go try somewhere else. Ends up in Oakland. Uh, it's I guess he seemed that it was going to start going well, and maybe he could help this franchise get somewhere, but. Um, not without two feet, he's not. No, no, that's a nasty one. But
1: I mean, I don't like to see this sort of stuff. But no, I hope he gets better. Maybe,
0: maybe he starts to get fit for week two or something. Yeah, that, that'd be perfect. <laughs> nice timing. Yeah. Uh, I was just I'm just thinking, this is one of the weirdest injuries that I've seen in the NFL in a while. Have, have you got any any favorite obscure NFL injuries going back? Oh. That you can remember well. You 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 readily supplied me with a few. Uh, <laughs> Don't few say deals. that. <laughs> no, oh, behind the, <laughs> peering behind the curtain. <laughs>
1: no, I actually do remember the, the Brandon Marshall slipping on a. Bit of litter, of a McDonald's wrapper, and falling through his furniture. I <laughs> do remember that. Was that when the, that was the ex Broncos receiver? Was that obviously played for the Jets, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't sure if he was with
0: us or not, but he he had moved ah, around. actually, yeah. no, was he not at Miami at that point?
1: Maybe because I think, I think he just couldn't stop. He just couldn't talk, stop mouthing off, mm. and then, but he tended to attract all the sort of wrong sort of attention. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, it's like he follow
0: through you falling through your own TV. Yeah,
1: that's not a good idea.
0: Yeah. I think um he, he had some sort of uh he's not been the, the most mentally well adjusted uh person for a while and I don't know if he's been seeking help for that at all, but he was always a he was always a fascinating player and uh, certainly incredible to watch. I loved loved him when he was at the Broncos and I was absolutely gutted when yeah. he was moved on. Um uh, was that a Josh McDaniels uh like move on, was it? Oh, you're swearing now, huh? Yeah, very much. No. He said. Although you know, we have him to thank for demolishing the team so much that we ended up getting Von Miller and uh, building suppose. on that.
1: Yeah, you and Darren touched on this one of your earlier episodes. But mm-hmm. you know, it, if you to get a good team together, you've got to be bad at some point. Mm. So you pick up pick up the higher draft choices. If you're just sort of going on average, you know, maybe eight and eight, ten and ten and six. Yeah, you don't, you're always picking middle of the middle of, middle of the round somewhere. Yeah, neverly really getting the 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 difference makers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like or, of course, I think sometimes the difference makers. If you look at like the Patriots and stuff like that, obviously they're the the key ones. who are bucking that trend, um, but other other than that, you do have these consistently eight and eight, uh, seven and nine, like. You just don't really go anywhere, um, but teams like the the Dallas Cowboys are finally upward trending, I suppose, in terms of wins. Um, and then you have teams like the Miami Dolphins, who were somehow perpetually around about that area as well, uh, and they're going in the other direction. But perhaps this going in the wrong direction is the start of moving in the correct direction. Like the the, the, well, the, the whole thing well, yeah. with the Broncos is that I remember um, speaking to you when we finished that season. And just, just, we just sort of thought, God, where do we go from here? It's just, there's just no hope. And we thought it was going to take like eight years to build things back up, but then, just with with the right coach coming in, cut coaches coming in place, and then the right personnel just started to be formed, and then uh, you had the the big offense was being built, and then when that didn't work against the Seahawks, it became all defensive, and um, like with the right like general manager in place, with the right philosophy. It, it, you can recover.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, not not all teams have that. No, I mean you mentioned You mentioned the Patriots there, which we'll just we won't mention them too often. No, but they go on about be, Belichick as a superb coach. Yeah, the organisation is set up to set up to follow his lead. But I'll tell you, once Tom Brady retires, that that, that team is just going to go back back in the middle of the park again. Oh, well, you just hang on
0: there because uh, da- Darren will tell you that uh, Jarrett Stidham, uh, the QB out of Auburn, is the the next Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady in waiting. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I,
1: I saw Jarrett Stidham. I mentioned that in one of my messages to you. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, during, uh, during your draft. Mm-hmm. Your draft offensive. <laughs> yeah. But but all these things, tough. all these things, you, you don't know. I mean. You could be pick. I mean, the, the number one pick, Kyler Murray. Don't know who he's going to end up. You haven't got a clue. No. So you even get picked. Well, you can just pick the. You can go back and talk about all the old uh, round one QB busts, and there's quite a long list. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's a, it is a lot, and there's some absolute girls in there. Oh yeah, like it, uh, it, it, it begins,
0: begins and ends with Ryan Leaf. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well done, Chargers. Love you. Fantastic. <laughs> Set up Peyton Manning for his entire career. Uh, uh, we're going off script again here. Certainly, we are. So we were on,
1: we were on a favourite obscure NFL injury. Oh yeah. Uh, also, I did, I did like that one with the
0: kicker himself Which, celebrating his oh, uh, field goal. Yeah, that would be Cardinals kicker Bill Gramatica tearing his ACL while celebrating a 42-yard field goal with a a big leap in the air. Comes back down. That's his season done. Uh, <laughs> a season done will be his career done. Uh, yeah, don't know about that one. Yeah, he ended up falling uh, off after that. And there a couple other rather interesting ones. Like one that actually changed the game was uh, Browns tackle uh, Orlando Brown getting hit in the eye with a flag and losing vision. Oh, and, I remember that one. Yeah, because they I ended up changing the, the weights and the flags uh, to Despite, make
1: them a little bit easier. And that's a lot of these guys, especially offensive and defensive linemen, start wearing the visors.
0: Mm-hmm. Just yeah, in well, living not, in not, fear, not fear of the flags, flags officials. <laughs> the flag.
1: <laughs> well, maybe, probably getting poked in the eye with a finger because it's, that's not much fun, I'll tell you. No, uh, definitely not.
0: But Especially yeah. from these big lineman fingers.
1: I know it's flags. Depends how hard they throw them. You get a nasty bruise with those things. <laughs>
0: yeah, do some damage. I was <laughs> uh, so other, other notable ones. I'll just fly through a couple of the ones that we uh, like look back into. There was uh, gorgeous Gus Farrat, former Redskins QB, uh, celebrated a touchdown by headbutting a wall and concussing himself and then... I think he put himself out for the rest of that season. That was a, it's a cracker. He ended up with the Broncos shortly after that. Uh that was a way I mean to say yeah. So we just uh, just go on, sign up the headbanger. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not ideal. Uh, and we had um, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars punter Chris Hansen nearly chopping off his own leg with an axe that was in the locker room. That was a uh, that was something which kind of taught Jack Del Rio a bit of a lesson that he doesn't need to. Used props in the locker room. I think it was uh, they were I was they started up quite uh, slow uh, and it was, a, like it was a his mantra was just keep chopping and they went and I'm gonna chop this wood and Chris Hansen's hardly a lumberjack and he made a bit of a mess of it. I was
1: about to say, what the hell is an axe doing in the locker room? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. I yeah. A rather clumsy, rather clumsy use of
0: metaphor, I I <laughs> yeah, that's it. So. <laughs> Very
1: but clumsy.
0: Jack Del Rio, really enough, what do you expect? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, he can't get in the Broncos for a bit, but we'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Broncos, uh, Denver Broncos wide receivers Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders had to be separated after a bit of a heated exchange during camp on Tuesday. So Sanders was said to be upset with some unforced errors and penalties, particularly from our younger receivers. So Sutton took exception and the two had a brief scuffle before being separated by guard Ron Leary. Uh, The Athletics' Nick Javla, I hope I'm saying that right. If not, I do apologise, Nicky, reported that Sanders was pissed because he was trying to get them right and and argued that Sutton and others haven't proven themselves in the league yet. So, you reckon this is something we should be concerned about, like this sort of behaviour? Are we just happy to see the guys getting fiery and like demanding, like a, a high standard of play?
1: Well, it's it's training camp. Yeah. Or training, is training at any point in time? Although you're on the same team, it's uh, it's early days. It, I mean, arguments between teammates are not. They're not a rare thing. They're quite common. It's usually mm-hmm. you know when you're playing maybe a scrimmage, different, you know, defensively and offensively, you're you're bumping each other and uh, yeah sort of like that. It's it's more likely that you're faces. going to take offence. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously Sanders is, oh, he's just back with serious injuries, so there's a, mm. I think there's an element of that of that in it. Yeah, he's
0: frustrated. He wants to see them do good.
1: Yeah, but I would think that the. The coaching staff should be on them, try to get it right, but maybe they're seeing enough, they're going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. at a good enough pace for the coaching staff. I I don't think, I mean, scuffles like these in training camp are very common. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe Flacco was there. I like his influence there. He's spoken to each of them. Happening, you happened. that's a that's a guy stepping up and saying, oh, I'm the leader in this offense." Yeah. Uh, no, but we need to be going forward together. So, but I mean, they've all they've kissed and made up,
0: and yeah. they've been saying the right sort of things. So, I don't think there's anything to worry about. Yeah, no, I I do think it is just uh, just standard camp teething problems, uh, and especially when you've got uh, uh, a, a veteran such as Manuel Sanders there who. Has he's been there? He's done it. He's he's proven himself, and he needs to be that leader. He's got to be the one to step up. He is now like wide receiver one, and he's been across from players like Demarius Thomas, uh, who was just you know f- famously just got on with the job. But he was a guy who from day one with the Broncos was just like on on top of everything. Whereas Cortland Sutton's still still developing. Uh, so are the other guys like um, uh, Deshaun Hamilton and the, like the other guys along there. Um, so I think it's, it's good that Sanders is just wanting more from the team. And yeah, yeah, like you say, they've gotten over it and everything will be fine. And I do like that Joe Flacco influence. I think um, he's kind of known for maybe a, an extraordinarily calm demeanor. So yeah, I think maybe he's the sort of guy that it's going to be of great benefit to actually have around. Some people don't particularly like the Joe Flacco acquisition. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm leaving it out there until, uh, until we get to see him play on the field. Yeah, well, you've got that, and why i
1: here, you've got a doubt to speak, speak, about that later. So yeah, we'll do leave that. Yeah,
0: that's, that's a, out that,
1: there. That is a tease, as they call it in the biz. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I I did notice your, your earlier segue as well. I'm I'm, I'm getting right into this business.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. see. It's it's easy. You just got to like keep keep a flow. Just work on little puns, bounce off of each other, and uh, yeah, it works. It's something that we've done for oh, my entire life, anyway. So uh, yeah, I think we're we're doing this alright yeah, so far. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: at the risk of sounding like a bull in a china shop. Or could that be a buffalo in a childhood? Oh God! No. Oh, that, no, that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drawing a line under too, it. Too, <laughs> uh, too far. I think that one's getting edited out. Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm actually just going to go and give Darren a quick call and tell him not to bother coming back because that's just uh, <laughs> that's, that's better than anything he's ever said. Sorry, Darren, I'm only kidding. <laughs> but yes, buffaloes. So LeSean McCoy says that he is being told that he is, quote-unquote, the guy and in uh, the Buffalo running backs room still however rookie devin singletary is getting plenty of reps in the backfield uh, that also includes tj yeldon and the veteran 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 frank gore uh so like you've seen a few crowded backfield competitions in your time like do you reckon buffalo can keep all these guys or are they planning on cutting one in particular do you think or are they going to have one of the biggest running back committees that we've ever seen or is it just a case of, it's just LaShawn's job, but we like having the other guys around?
1: Well, um, complacency. You can't afford that. Mm. But, you know, his, his uh, contention that he is the guy, or he's been told he's the guy. No, that doesn't work that way. You've got to prove you're the guy. Mm. The only guy they've got there is uh, Josh Allen. That's like He's definitely startling, starting quarterback. Yeah. But the running back room, especially... If you're the wrong side of 30, and I'll run him back. and his production, this is where you, you'll miss Darren's stats. I don't have his stats to hand, but I get the impression he's a, his injury of uh, taken its toll. I don't think his production's been as good as it has been. And also, I don't think they've been using him
0: as yeah. much. Yeah, no, he he has had oh. a, a major dip in production, uh, primarily because of of injuries and stuff. Like his um his his average was um, well below four yards a carry last season. It was down to three point two, and he only got three scores on the ground. Um yeah. he just uh, he he has been dipping, but he's not exactly been playing on a team with any other stars. Uh, he he was the focal point for that offence. I think he's done a great job for the Bills in the time that he's been there um, but yeah there's it's, it's just a time that's very vast, like fast approaching where he's just not going to be able to do it anymore um, mm-hmm. and like maybe they are just saying well we've brought this young gun Devin Singletary in, He's going to cost a lot less money than you
1: Yeah I was going to get to that money part of it you're you not telling me if uh, Devin Singletary really lights it up in training camp and lights it up in preseason that they are going to, you know, a rookie salary and whatever yeah. LeSean McCoy's on, it'll be about ten percent. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you know, it's all—it all comes back down to money. Absolutely, especially the running back. They just say, "Well, we'll just plug another one in," you know, mm-hmm. and and let's not—you're uh, you know, saying Frank Gore he's still a bloody good back. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be the guy you hand off to 20, 25 times a game,
0: but he'll get you tough yards. Oh yeah. Frank Frank Gore is uh, the like quintessential loggerhead sort of guy. He'll just pound it up the middle. I mean, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year and actually had more yards than, uh, than LaShawn McCoy quite considerably. And that was behind a, Miami offensive line that wasn't exactly fantastic either. Um, what have they got? One <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I mean, we've we've just picked them up all over the place. So Joanne James has come at the Broncos, and yeah, um, Frank Gore. He's been one of my favorite running backs probably since he came into the league purely because of his name. It just sounds so badass, uh, and he's just been like the picture of consistency. And I think he's just he's probably just going to run until his legs fall off. Probably at about the age of forty-seven or something like that. Um, yeah, love him. Yeah, running hard—that's the only thing he knows. Um, yeah. it like like I say, it does come yeah, down just tough. to contracts and stuff. And these days, people value paying wide receivers, especially like slot receivers and stuff, a lot more than than any running backs. Uh, the only running backs you're getting paid any money are the the absolute top end guys. Such as Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, yeah, and uh, David Johnson. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's been an interesting uh, off-season you know, with the contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, you know, you know, Todd Gurley's getting paid. Is Zeke getting paid? No, he's holding out. He's not. Uh, Saquon Barkley, is he still on a still on his rookie contract?
0: Yeah, he he has to be because um, the way the collective ah. bargaining agreement works is that you're not allowed to renegotiate your rookie contract until, like, the after three years of the deal, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Hence why yeah. I think Zeke is maybe still running on his rookie contract at the moment as well, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, no. yeah. I know. would no, it was a Melvin Gordon situation I was thinking about there. The, the Chargers have offered him up some uh, a decent contract, you know, for a running back. Yeah. But he, he he's a good back, mm-hmm. and I think maybe in the top top ten in the league. yeah. But I think I think he's won top five money, mm. which he's not got. He's not going to get. Yeah, well, like get any team in the league, will this t- turn turn round and say, "Well, that's it. No, we don't need you. We'll get another one."
0: Yeah, we're not going to we're waste not- um like thirteen million dollars in the salary cap on a guy who's only available for seven games a season because he's injured. Um, like like, I like Melvin Gordon when he plays. He's he's a really like big game changing sort of guy, but. Yeah, he's, he's just he's not proven himself he can stay fit for an entire season, and um it's just really hard to invest that sort of money in a running back, yeah, as
1: yeah. much as you feel
0: they deserve yeah. it because they run so hard, but yeah it's tough no it's it's,
1: it's uh, an integral part of the game as far as I'm concerned you know you set the run so he can pass but uh, to get back to the Le- McCoy's situation, yeah, he was the focal part of that offense he isn't now.
0: Yeah. So uh the guy? Well we'll wait and see. Yeah. It, at the moment it's, it's the Josh Allen show. Uh there's some movements at the running back spot around there. I guess it, at the moment it's always just conjecture, but that's what that's what we do here. This is this is what it's all about. Until the season starts, we just have to keep plugging away at it. But it is fast approaching. Yeah. So nearly there, man. Conject, yeah, conjecture city. Let's go with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, so uh, that'll do it for the news. So um, from there, we'll move on to the Hall of Fame ceremony for 2019. So the ceremony was conducted in Canton, Ohio, as it is every year, and we had our uh, eight inductees. Uh, did you have a chance to watch any of the um, any of the speeches, any some of the highlights, or anything, or you just saw the list and went, "Yeah, I know enough about those guys" because well, some pretty I saw the list.
1: Guys. I saw the list, and I you was. Know, Two Broncos, and I'm going. Well, bloody hell, that's more or less fifty percent of the Broncos Hall of Fame, <laughs> right there. Yeah, because they've been sadly, you know, unrecognised. Absolutely. Whereas the Kansas City Chiefs, are just, pa. <laughs> they just, they've got dozens of folk in the Hall of Fame, not yeah. justified. Never mind. Let's get <laughs> Chuck <laughs> Bailey most, most definitely. Fantastic yeah. player for the Redskins and for the Broncos, um, and this these were in the days that you know when the word of the trade is sort of cropped up. Mm-hmm. I'm going, and you are going. Shanahan, are you nuts? Yeah. You know, Clinton Clinton Portness for a cornerback. Cornerback's not even important. Oh my.
0: Yeah, we did not we did not value that at that point, did we? I think <laughs> it's a matter of perspective and certainly hindsight is twenty twenty in this situation. I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Clinton Portis. He was a, a fantastic back and at that point I think he was only about twenty three, twenty four and uh Yeah, but,
1: but I mean what what we didn't know and when Mr Shanahan did probably the best offensive line to run mm-hmm. behind. Oh well, certainly that decade. He just plugged in Olanders Gary, yeah, and he reeled off a thousand yards. And I think there was another one.
0: He just plugged him in. Oh, well, he had like he, the had, ball off. he had loads. You had Olanders Gary, Tate and Bell went through there, and you also had Mike Anderson. Uh, there was oh, yeah. a, there was another little back in there by the name of Terrell Davis, who was still kicking about until uh, until two thousand and one. Maybe yeah. no, he was, he, he was uh, a bit injured after. After some, a really hard slogging in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I hope but there's a string of 1,000-yard
0: bucks. Well, here's here's some but more I for mean, you. I've got, there is more, because yeah. this changes a lot. It then goes Ruben Drones. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, well, he got a big contract move to the Lions, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the Lions, I think. And other ones yeah. that I've not mentioned. Uh, there was Selvin Young. He was our lead back in 2007. This is obviously moving on a fair bit after that, but it just sort of showed what we had. And then uh, we also had Peyton Hillis in 2008. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Madden cover. Yeah, we're getting into the, the modern era now. <laughs> okay. Well, calm down. Yeah, sorry. Go back I, to the
1: chat, Bailey. Yeah, we can go back to Shanahan knows best. Yeah. <laughs> Shanahan knows best. I mean... Also, I remember the Clinton Portless thing. Actually, his head was—is and way too big for his helmet? Yeah. So I think after a he, he got a, he got a belt made for himself, like you know a boxers championship belt. he was wearing that on the sidelines, and I can just see Sean. I can just see it in the face. Sean looking over, saying, "No, nah, no, nah, this can't this can't go on.
0: This, this ain't my this, this ain't, ain't my guy, guy anymore. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's not it's not Clinton Portless. It's in the Hall of Fame. It's Champ Bailey." And uh, the the whole the whole point of him being that I think he was the first player I ever heard that definition shut down corner.
0: Yeah, yeah I think that absolutely. was the first time I ever heard that used. Yeah, he he was um like I think the general consensus around then was that watching Champ Bailey, we were watching the best cornerback that had played the game since like Deion Sanders. Uh but D you know, yeah, Dion De- yeah. De- was probably more a little bit more prone to some mistakes and stuff like that. Whereas Champ was just the Like an absolute pillar of consistency. He was like that when he was at the Redskins. He was the best cornerback in the league then. And then he came to the Broncos and he continued on that way for the next 10 years or so. Um, And it it just made us not have to worry about wide receivers on on his side. He would just completely cover them out of the game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, And through the course of his career, he registered 52 interceptions and four scores in that time. Yeah, that's over 15 seasons and the most impressive part about that is that no one was throwing his way you like how can you still do that when no one's throwing at you it's just he made the most of all of his opportunities and uh and he is very rightly so in the hall of fame yep don't
1: agree with that one and actually it wasn't even overdue i think it was, uh... I'm not sure if that's his first or maybe second season for eligibility. I think,
0: but yeah, Mm. great choice. Yeah, we want the next one. Absolutely, and um, I'll I'll allow you to introduce him again.
1: Well, the uh, not a player. They they have different uh, categories for the the Hall of Fame, and it's it's Mr. B. (laughs) Pat Bowling. This Uh, one's for Pat. This one's for Pat. Owner of the Broncos from nineteen eighty four, he actually turned the Broncos into what they are now, which is one of the most successful franchises in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not until you actually look at you know his, his CV, what he did on and off the field, he's instrumental in the enabling the, the international series, the, the games abroad.
0: Yeah. Um, without him there would be no, no games in the UK or anything and,
1: yeah. yeah and Sunday Night, Sunday Night Football was one of his as well that was him yep I, think, I like him yeah and um, I, I listen to the, some of the I do listen to other podcasts I listen to the <gasps> Mile High Report why, Got the why, why bother? There. <laughs> chat, or, chat away the difference he made in the whole organisation he turned it into a, he gave it a winning attitude now you were mentioning earlier on the, you know, Miami Dolphins. They just expect being average is okay. Can't do that at the Broncos. You couldn't do that. You do that at the Broncos before Pat Bowen took it over, but it just wasn't acceptable. You know, eight and eight. No, that's not, that's not good enough. Shanahan no. went eight and eight, and he got he got fired. Not the first season, but but he did it the second season. Yep, that's it. And, uh, he did believe. Mr. B you did believe in letting people. You hire people to do their jobs, but if you didn't do your job, well, you wouldn't get to stay in
0: your job very long. Rightly so. In the in the NFL, it's like but it's for the fans. The fans demand yeah. uh, results, and like with the, with the fans in Denver being as uh, as as fantastic as they are, they're like one of the only sporting teams in the entire country that sells out every single week and. Uh, They're yeah. following through thick and sense through the snow. 1984, and... Stuart. They've, they've sold
1: out every home game since 1984. I remember once we used to listen, listen to this before we didn't in everything. It was difficult getting stuff. We used to listen to American Forces Network on Sunday nights, sometimes used to get the the uh, on the radio for <laughs> all you youngsters out there. Um, on yeah. the wireless, you used to get this on the and wireless. and, come in and <laughs> Static and all these funny noises. And uh, I was a really amusing bit one night. I was, no shows. Right, that's the people have got season tickets, they don't turn up. Well, the, 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 the stadium announcer starts naming them. He starts naming the no shows on the turn away.
0: Oh, I suppose it's a very small list. Yeah. And it's naming yeah. and shaming. That's a really good strategy for that. Do you mm. reckon you could do that at Patadri? <laughs> No, no, it would, it would just no, never be no. off the tannoy. No, I give
1: up that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so must be. Um, I would say put to me for what you call a good owner. You know, he, he makes sure his players get paid. Yes. Whereas you know, owners out there are cheap, cheap owners uh, are cheap teams. Cincinnati Bengals, looking at you. hmm Uh, they, they just get a reputation yeah. for being that sort of team. The Broncos became a team you wanted to go and play for
0: if you were to play Yeah, he certainly made them an, an attractive uh, market to to go and play for and, and it is it does come down to that instilling instilling a winning mentality. and it, it just was an organization that you could go to and expect to be competing for uh, a very least division championships potentially even an AFC championship and uh, on several occasions yeah. uh, an actual Super Bowl um, and he, he did that and he 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 never commanded respect he seemed like one of these guys he, he he earned it and he was never like demanding or really turning down his nose at people or anything like that um, everything I've heard about him was that he was a, a, a gentleman and just someone who really cared for the team, the city, uh, the sport, and just... Yeah, well, she should get Hall of Fame for that. Yeah, just appreciation by
1: your peers. That, that's uh God, that's all anybody who wants. Well, any normal person.
0: But yeah, Mr. B, well done. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so Pat Bowen, uh sadly passed away this year uh, after a, a, a rather long-running illness. Uh, but his uh, his jacket was received by his family, and uh, rightly so to a great standing ovation wonderful man anyway uh, moving on from from Pat Bolin and we'll get on to the former vice uh, president of uh, personnel for the Dallas Cowboys and longtime NFL.com writer analyst Gil Brandt so he's the guy who essentially helped build the Dallas Cowboys and made them America's team
1: yeah, well, I've always hated that tag. Yeah, I know, yeah. But that's it. That's a, that's a brand that they became. Yeah, I prefer Team America. <laughs> World Police. <beliefs. laughs> F- yeah. Yeah. But Gil Brandt, I've read. He, he, I like his stuff on the uh, on NFL website. He, he knows his stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I think this one is... Uh, this is one Hall of Fame
0: award. It's just stuck about long enough to get it,
1: I think. That one
0: well I think um the the way that's been looked at like he has been he's been around for for a long time and I can definitely see where you're coming from with that um I guess it just depends on how you look at the weighting of these things and uh how how people help you know build teams and like, what sort of contribution to they do they have and I don't know maybe they were just thinking that oh well you know Gill's kind of on his way out do we want to have someone uh like i don't have, I want to have another Posthumous one, or I mean, they're th- they're talking about expanding the uh selection to about twenty next season. I don't, I, for, no, I do think that's um, a good idea. You know, if you no, like, do you think? Well, I it might cheapen it slightly. Yeah, that exa- exactly it. If you have, a, you know, Look, there's people who deserve to be in there, uh, for their contributions to the sport. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve Atwater, Randy,
1: Randy I'm, I'm being, yeah, I'm I'm being bronchocentric here, but yeah, but no, go, yeah, go, Brandt. fine,
0: okay. So to, to give him to give him his due uh, he was like the lead talent scout for the Dallas Cowboys uh, and he helped build these teams uh, including finding the likes of Everson Walls and Drew Pearson. Uh, apparently he also wanted to draft Joe Montana but uh, he had that one uh, vetoed. Imagine that. <laughs> well that's good. I think
1: that at that, that, um, that time they, the Cowboys had Danny White as quarterback who mm-hmm. wasn't bad but who? Oh, exactly
0: yeah, they, they ended up doing okay without him and uh, Joe Montana ended up doing all right at uh, the San Francisco 49ers as well yeah but uh yeah so good like Brant helped put together a team that would put together 20 consecutive winning seasons from 1966 to 1985 alongside Tom Landry yeah, with uh 10 10 or more of those sort of, uh, 10 or more wins in 16 of those years as well so it's it's bad, quite huh? impressive yeah yeah,
1: yeah, and now Homer Simpson's got Tom Landry's hat. Is <laughs> is he
0: still the owner of the Denver Broncos as well? I don't think so. I hope not. Oh, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, well of course, Troy Aikman's already in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Hey, hey, Ned, do you like doing Buggies? Well, uh sure you do. You sure he like
1: like what he thought he was in the Hall of Fame?
0: <laughs> oh, Troy, <laughs> I try. So yeah, like Gil Brandt himself, he has two Super Bowl rings for Super Bowl six and Super Bowl twelve with the Cowboys. Uh, he was also a great innovator who adopted technology to aid in the analysis and scouting evaluations. And um, he like he was actually fired by the person who uh, like introduced him at the Hall of Fame, Jerry Jones, back in the late eighties. Oh, I think it was nineteen eighty eight.
1: Oh, that's just that's um, just Jerry. Didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course not. Of course
0: not. Uh, but like, apparently Gil, Gil was asked like why didn't you not get like one of these other guys to do it for you why did you choose Jerry and he's like well if I if I chose anyone else then people would get mad at me for not choosing them and stuff so I just went for Jerry yeah <laughs> probably just to confuse people to be honest yeah. but it doesn't matter he's in he's happy yeah, well, and uh, yeah yeah power to him
1: okay well that's enough time spent in Gil Brandt next one up we'll just go this is this is the oh boy what go, go on about the Gronk. This is the real. This is the real deal. The Gons, Tony Gonzalez,
0: Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Gonzo. And what a player for for a long time as well. It's that that consistency over the length of his career, and just the the sheer domination that he put up on everyone he would play against. Uh, so he he played for seventeen seasons as tight end. Uh, it's 270 games. So he's a former first round pick, the 13th player overall by the Chiefs in 1997. And since he entered the league, he just decimated everyone. He just he was such a mismatch. If people thought that like Gronk was the first big tight end mismatch, think again. Uh, in, in terms of receiving he, tight ends, Gronk probably yeah.
1: modeled himself on Tony Gonzalez. I remember seeing him. I'm, I'm, this is my more my era. I remember seeing him play the first season, and his last season. But to be honest, maybe slightly slower. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he just threw it up there, and he just caught the bloody thing, you know? Yeah, what what a player!
0: Yeah, well, like when he was traded to the Falcons in two thousand and nine, who do you think won MVP for the team that year? It was Gonzo. Shit, <laughs> the FC West franchise, the Chiefs,
1: trading Tony Gonzalez, and then. 2009, so he played, I don't know, how many other seasons? Uh, He played on,
0: for another... The same production. Same sort of production. He was always a threat. And um, I think Jerry Rice is the only person in front of him in a number of NFL records, uh, including his 1,325 catches. I mean... I know. This is is a a tight end. Well,
1: to be be fair, I think he was the number one receiving threat on both those teams. (laughs) There's there's no there's no <laughs> yeah, big name yeah, receivers, absolutely. yeah. There's no big name receivers
0: popping into my head here. No, nothing wrong about that time. Uh, but yeah, he was just. Uh, I remember he was always the one person you'd need to account for whenever you were That's playing against the Chiefs, uh, and then later on against the, the Falcons. And I think he's another one of these guys that you just feel he he deserved more than what he ended up with. Like he got the the personal accolades with his team MVPs and all these other rewards and leading the league in receptions and but it just would have been nice to have him get a super bowl yeah with the falcons with the
1: falcons <laughs> not the chiefs yeah what <laughs> one, one thing I, yeah i'll probably end up just saying that it, it might sound like a bit of a cliche now but he he, he redefined a position of tight end i would say he he was the first of these mm-hmm. big really quick
0: really good pass catching tight ends because before him That's because he was one of the first basketball tight ends. Yes, yes. Uh, He kind of started setting that trend. So even before the likes of Antonio Gates, he was there. Before him, really,
1: you either blocked as a tight end or you caught the ball as a tight end. And you were one of two different body shapes. You were catching the ball, you were long and rangy, tall and Mm -hmm. rangy. If you were blocking, you were sort of the big guy. But
0: he did it all. Well, Mm -hmm. hats off to you, Tony. Absolutely, second best tight end after Shannon Sharp, of course. Bloody <laughs> right. Get, get me the president. We're killing the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just still the like, just the best mouth in the NFL ever. Love him, uh, but he's not. He was not inducted this year. He's already done. He's fine. He's got his gold jacket. So uh, Tony Gonzalez has joined the gold jacket tight end club along with him, uh, and now. If you're being really cheeky, you could actually say that our next guy is another Bronco in the Hall of Fame. Because Ty Law actually finished his career with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Can't you can't. You probably wouldn't really guess.
1: consider him, but he's... No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But I did read a bit on this. <laughs> they don't actually mention the teams. The Jackets don't mm-hmm. mention the teams. Yeah. If you're a Baseball Hall of Famer, you elect which team you want to be. Mm. in the Hall of Fame well, you pick one but they don't Seems do that in harsh. the Football Hall of Fame so it's not for the team it's it's for the player so yeah, yeah but he's right, a, rightly so uh, he's a bit that's on the box so we're not going to hang about
0: too much with this one I, think. <laughs> I mean like credit where it's due so like, Ty Law came into the league in, uh, in 1995 uh, selected in the first round by the Patriots and he played a whole 15 seasons in 203 games um, and he was one of these guys who saw that transition through from the Patriots being a bit, a little bit lost and you know, just trying to pick themselves up, and then like the, the Drew Bledsoe era was just, just happening. It was coming into, into its own, and then tragedy strikes. And Drew Bledsoe goes down, and they never win a Super Bowl after that at all. And everyone lives happily ever after.
1: Yeah, alternative history is a great thing. <laughs> but, no, uh, that, I'll only say that part a certain... Tylo stats. Yeah, yeah. I, obviously I didn't watch the Patriots a lot because they, they're on the TV, I don't watch them. But mm. this is before that. Great career stats. And from my memory, it was a fantastic player. Again, one of these players, he just, he just didn't throw it towards them. Mm-hmm. And so he still comes up with interceptions. Yeah. yeah so again, another, another worthy inclusion.
0: Yeah, I think he—he he was from that era of the Patriots where I didn't hate them because back then I was—I was enjoying them. I was l- loving this amazing story yeah. of this uh, yeah, this, I, this young gun quarterback just coming up and leading this this team. Just it was a fairy tale, and I actually did have a Tom yeah. Brady shirt, which I—I I so gave away I. eventually because I didn't want it. But Ty was so was amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's probably because we're wanting the Patriots to do something. Different, you know, shit team getting better and better. But that was before we knew they were cheating all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well that's why I, of course I'm on the Browns bandwagon just now, but you know, watch out Cleveland. I'm I'm keeping tabs on you. No no cheating. Right. Keep us liking all right. you. Alright. All right. Keep keep it honest well, That's it. Like,
1: well, that's it, like, <laughs> keep it honest. See that I think they've basically been caught cheating three times, I think. But mm-hmm. that's the
0: only times they've been caught, Stuart. Mm, yeah. So yeah, obviously, so, yeah. like, th- this is giving uh, anyone else who's listening to this a real insight into my cynicism surrounding the Patriots. <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm pretty sure it's something that's been hummed and hayed and, ah, that's bollocksed over the, the course of many seasons in uh, the Bron- Bothwell yeah. household.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's up there. It's uh, sort of Patriots, Rangers, Celtic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so for that, uh, you know, if, if I upset any...
0: Patriots Rangers, are Celtic fans. Well, I don't give a f. do to yeah, do one. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, like going back to Ty Law. So, like with respect to him, uh, like a lot of people think back. Well, a lot of people these days will think, "Oh, the best best cornerback to play for the Patriots was." Oh, it's all about Darrell Revis and Revis Island. Well, before you had Revis Island, you had law school, and plenty of people oh, went yeah. through there and didn't come out. And he ended yeah, I like up like that with one. Yeah, you like that? You like that? Yeah, I like uh, that for, one. <laughs> Fifty-three career interceptions with seven return for a touchdown. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. But of course, the things that he'll be most happy with are his uh, his two-time Super Bowl uh, winning streak. So, then uh, Super Bowl thirty-six and Super Bowl thirty-eight. If I've got my Roman, sorry, yeah, if I've got my Roman numerals right, that is correct. And over that time, he was consistently one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. It was. Uh, like people would potentially say, it's always between him and Champ Bailey. Obviously, I'd give the nod to Champ, and I think most people would tend to. But take nothing away from Ty Law; incredible player deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, indeed. Yep. Now, um, our, our our next guy, of course, it's not it's not flash whenever an offensive lineman gets into the into the Hall of Fame, but um, no, there's very there's very few of them, there. Not a lot. Yeah, and like, you, but you've got to like respect for like what what these guys do in the trenches, getting down dirty, getting their hands beaten up to all sorts of shapes. One of the guys who did it consistently so well for such a long time was Kevin Mawai, who uh, came out of Louisiana State in the 1994 NFL draft. And he played for the Jets, Seahawks, and finished up with the Tennessee Titans. So he was selected in the second round by the Seattle Seahawks uh, as the 36th player overall. Now, I distinctly remember Kevin Mawai being one of the first offensive linemen that I ever really took notice of. And it and it kind of just... It was one of these guys that started giving me a better respect for the position. And I think... Um, obviously, it was also around about that time where the Broncos were famed for their offensive line with, like, Tom Naylan and Dan Neal and all those guys along there. Like, someone like Kevin Mawai, he really made an, made an art of the centre position and he blocked for some serious running backs. So during 13 of his 16 seasons, uh, he blocked for like a 1,000-yard rusher. So you had uh, Chris Warren twice. You had the great Curtis Martin. You had Travis Henry during his heyday in Buffalo. Sorry, not in Buffalo. Um, where, where was he at that point? Oh, that was in Tennessee, yep. And uh, Lendale White, and then Chris Johnson. And the Chris Johnson one, one of those, you could maybe give it to him twice over because he got 2,000 yards in one of those seasons. Yeah. I'm just thinking about Lendy
1: White. He probably weighed as much as all those other running bucks put together. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, He's a big loon. He was the thunder in the, in the thunder and lightning in that backfield. <laughs> and uh, like, I was very thankful for it because I think he helped me. Did he help me win by, uh, my fantasy league? Oh probably. That, that I think he did. It was uh, him and Brandon Jacobs. Um I'll I'll, I'll just I'll just dawn on, on, on this, give people an insight into our our fantasy background here and say that um my dad was uh one of the founding members of the Aberdeen League of fantasy football back in nineteen ninety one, dad? Like something I think like so, that. yeah. Yeah. And uh Mr. Steve Bothwell was uh, one of the winningest coaches in league history. But always, always just fell a little bit short, uh, and then the the it's young no, gun story of my life. Yeah, yeah. Then young, coach Youngblood One Stuart Bothwell came in, and he managed to, to win the fancy league before you, much to your chagrin. And uh, but you yeah, you hung on there. I somehow, new chagrin was making an appearance here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like it just—it's—it's it's a really powerful word. I think it works out really nicely. But of course, yeah. this is the this is the this is the story of uh, the 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 titan of the game who falls in hard times. Yeah, but there's yeah, the a young upstart comes in. But then I'm get I'm yeah. getting to it, and then you okay. go out on top. You you John Elway it yeah. and you you won the you won the whole thing, and then went nah, okay, I'm done.
1: <laughs> you no, know, actually, I announced my retirement
0: before the final game. Yeah, how classy is that? And, indeed, you did. That is very yeah. classy. I'm sure that the, the 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 league did weep a loss of one of its founding members. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was... think not. <laughs> arf arf arf! Now nah, they were glad to be rid of you because you were constantly a thorn in their side. <laughs> constantly finishing second, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of which, we'll get Jim Rickaby on uh, in a couple of time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you'll get you'll get all the stories there. I'm looking at this. Get back to Kevin Mawai, please. Come on. Yes, yeah, sorry, back Good to Kevin Mawai.
0: We're allowed to digress, it's fine. The segment he did for TV. Ah, yeah, so he, he did a segment for TV called How to Snap with Kevin Mawai. And uh, yeah. that is how our next door neighbour, well, former next door neighbour now, and yeah. very long time friend, Neil Shepard, who's been mentioned yeah. a couple of times on the show, he actually learned how to snap yeah. a football from that. And I will tell you, Neil was an excellent snapper of the ball. Um, you, the way, the way it was... you do it, it,
1: it, it yeah, it's all, it's all got to be one movement. Mm-hmm. You know, you're there. You start to move, and it's instantaneously your hands are up. In yeah, front of you It's not easy. It, I'm just thinking, looking at this, though. I'm going. Uh, think, of how to snap with Kevin Mawai. Now, how to snap with Steve Bothwell? That'd be a totally different film. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know me. Oh, dear listeners, uh, I have been known to have a slight temper. Oh, that! Oh, that
0: snap! Okay, cool. That I, I snap, think we're talking yeah. about injuries, but yeah, you, you. you oh no, not injuries, no. <laughs> just just somewhat, somewhat temperamental. No, never, never we, at we, me, of course. Uh, we dig, we digress. But uh, anyway, yeah. So Kevin Moi, excellent center, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And in terms of people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, I think this guy was like probably the the first guy in this year, and that is uh, Ed Reed, who is a safety out of Miami University, uh, but everyone, of course, knows him for his time at Baltimore. Uh, he yeah. did later on go on to play for the Houston Texans and the New York Jets, but his time in Baltimore, like, I've never seen a more dominant and impactful defensive back than Ed Reed. He just seemed to be absolutely everywhere. When you stand out in a
1: defense that has Ray Lewis on it uh, uh, yeah. it was an absolutely stacked defence but everybody stood out in that defence, that showed you how good a player he was safeties, I think safeties are probably they, they're the ones that tend to get the headlines in the defence you know, well, apart from maybe the the pass rushers mm-hmm. because they're involved they can see the whole field Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they they make more highlight reels because they're in tackling as well, because you know a cornerback back maybe he's batting down a pass here and there he's doing his yeah. job it's not quite as sexy as uh, you know, sticking your shoulder pads and running back. But yeah, Ed Reed, what a player! I was—I think that's first ballot, was it? First first ballot uh, Hall yeah. of Famer, highly deserved.
0: Yeah, he was absolutely everywhere on that on that field. He just knew exactly where to be the entire time. And in terms of his impact on the defense, he would just take away so much of the field. Like people look at um, say Earl Thomas as being one of the best safeties certainly around right now and possibly it's yeah, ever been. Yeah. I, I still just don't think he holds a candle to Ed Reed in terms of just how big an impact he was. And not just that, like he he was a big hitter and you would take away part of the field, but if you did put it anywhere near him, you better yeah, watch be out. looking to run back as soon as possible because he was really on fire. Uh, he uh, He had 64 career interceptions and he... Returned he returned seven of those for touchdowns and returned them for a record of 1,590 yards. That's a, a defensive player has more yards than most NFL running backs will. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite incredible. Great memory of him.
1: It's just that, as you said, you had to know where he was on the field if you were an opposing quarterback. And uh, again, one of these, they are actually throwing away from a safety Come on. He impacted on yeah.
0: game plans. You know, they had to plan for him. Yeah, but between him and like Troy Palomalu, that, that was like yeah. the, the two guys through that era that you just that era, did yeah. not want to have across the middle. Uh, and mm-hmm. he would come up, he would stuff the run, he would, uh, it was fantastic in pass coverage, he was a big hitter as well. It, it's just, yeah, absolutely yeah. dominated.
1: He's one of these guys, and probably the same applies for all the other players that have just got through. This Hall of Fame selection, you get good players, you get great players, but you get the Hall of Fame guys. They're the ones that make the difficult things look easy. Yeah. You know, they just they just take it to a little level, another level. It's like everything's in slow motion to them. Mm-hmm. They understand it. They they get it. The penny it's, has dropped. You know, they get it. It's something. in just...
0: their blood. There's instinct. Yeah, it's,
1: it's just that little split second quick I have to see things and and they can be there
0: and of course, a lot of this like will stem from just a lot of hard work, a lot of study like in in a position such as safety or cornerback you you're you're studying what the quarterback's going to do, and you study what your receivers are doing and you you want to sort of see if you can pick up on any tails on them and uh, just to give you that slight advantage like of what you said is just milliseconds. But yeah. it's those milliseconds yeah. that make all the difference. It's a game of they do. Inches. I mean,
1: you're right with saying that it's uh, you're doing your research. You, you, you know your own playbook. You try to know your opponent's playbook, well, to the best of your ability. But it's, uh, it's how you react to situations in the field as well. Mm. You know, situational football. You've got your set in your mind how you're going to play this game against this opponent because you've been preparing for them all week. But then maybe a couple of quarters in, maybe seen something. Mm-hmm. and uh, Ed Reed was very excellent at that just just seeing, seeing little things here and there making the adjustments and we tell these teammates in the
0: defensive corner well, uh, a lot of respect for him and uh, of course he did win that Super Bowl with that, that vaunted uh, Baltimore defence yeah, yeah to be fair that was one shit Super Bowl it really <laughs> to was to watch <laughs>
1: <laughs> no we don't want the ball here you have it yeah nobody Nobody wants it anymore nobody Get wants it. it we don't want <laughs> That was in Baltimore. I certainly, didn't want the, we did not want their offense to get the ball. What
0: was that? Was that Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer is Aww. a Super Bowl winning quarterback. There, oh mighty, <laughs> incredible! Uh, and also, I think Ed Reed probably has the best looking bust in the Hall of Fame now. Have, have you seen how amazing it looks? It's a, a proper work of art.
1: Well, I nearly my my thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, do, do you see that Ronaldo one that they made a couple of years ago? Oh,
1: I've seen it. oh' yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. It looks horrible.
0: It, it absolutely does, whereas this thing is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I say that in a, a, a perfectly heterosexual manner. It's yeah. just a really fantastic looking piece of sculpture. Yeah, we're
1: well, big enough people to sort of appreciate these things, eh? Never let me say your you're, you're upbringing, you know, you're, you can appreciate the finer things in life, Stuart. You know? Absolutely, art, I art was music up drinking,
0: drinking, drinking a fine uh, 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 Baudelaire, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, I'm cutting that bit. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I was, I was trying to make myself sound pompous, but also ill-informed, and I I think it worked, but then I didn't commit to the bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, you, should, you should stick to
1: drinking a fine Bowden Barret. <laughs>
0: oh no, we're not allowed to like him anymore. Oh, He's he, moved away. Has he? Oh well. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone up north. He's gone to Auckland. To
1: the Blues. I was. i meant reading about that. Okay, you're definitely cutting this That's message. right.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. We 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 don't like him anymore, but we've still got Geordie Barrett around for a little while. I
1: did read that he signed another contract with Rugby New Zealand, but I knew there was rumblings mm-hmm. were moving
0: away. But yeah, time time right for a change, yeah. probably. Yeah, there was talk about Japan and things like that, but. That never materialised. Um, now uh, I didn't actually put anything in here, but there is actually one more guy that we we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Johnny Robinson was the other one. Oh uh, so, I know that, that because... bloody chief. Yeah, know that, know yeah. That so do, chief. Do you
1: know much about him? <laughs> He's a chief for that bloody year for mm. the sixties. look at that. Yeah. Okay, a lot of this stuff just about the whole team for that year that gets in. <laughs> Even Hank Stram gets well, in For one Super Bowl win Okay I think maybe this stuff mm. I think they're looking at it for AFL as well And they were quite dominant But I mean goodness me It's like a love in between the Hall of Fame and the Chiefs Am I sounding a bit bitter here?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe a tad But I mean uh, I think um, We uh, we were fans during a time Where we were just waiting for the very first Bronco To go into the Hall of Fame Because it took a long time didn't it? It did And the Chiefs already got half their bloody
1: Super Bowl team in so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just Lamar Hunt dishing out the old uh, dishing out the bribes. Large 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 S. Just go on have a drink. Take a drink. Right, no, I don't know. It. I, don't, right. I don't know anything about him, Stuart. I could have read up in it, but he, I think he parked in playing in nineteen sixty nine or something, so uh
0: nineteen seventy one. Okay. Yeah, so for so come on. for for the listener. I'll, I'll, I, th- I think it's unfair for us to to try and go too far into into Johnny Robinson's career because neither of us are particularly well versed in it. But um, he played twelve seasons from nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy one, and one hundred sixty four games. So he was selected in the first round of the nineteen sixty AFL draft by the then Dallas Texans, yeah. uh, and then third overall. Uh, sorry, sorry, and then third overall in the nineteen sixty NFL draft by the Detroit Lions. So there's a very confusing AFL-NFL merger time that this gets to. Um, but uh, basically, he was utilised by the Texans as a running back for his first two seasons and then moved to defence in his third season uh, where he became a bit of an instant success. So uh, and then through the, through the course of that time, he was just... he was. A really good, solid player is what, what it seems to me. Um, so he, he ended up with statistics on both sides of the ball. He was obviously a fantastic athlete and able to contribute to, to both sides. So a bit of a two-way start, yeah, well, I, I, mostly known for his um, 57 career interceptions
1: Yeah, in a, an era like that. But You know, I am speaking about a different era. I don't think you should be inducting players from that era in today's Hall of yeah. Fame. If he was deserving of it, you should have been in the would early, have been in, in the seventies. So I, I I don't get this. Yeah. I really don't get this. So mm. they are I've got my a bit of a contentious uh, issue with the selection committee. I, I've got a lippy on here, just not a salt. I It's not I just don't get it. Maybe one of the last mm. two way players. But back in those days, uh although the they got all misty eyed and nostalgic about it, the the game was mm-hmm. nowhere near as sophisticated then as it was now. Oh no, Quart- like, I think back, it was certainly developing then. Yeah, quarterbacks throwing weren't all that good, to be honest. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. today's quarterback, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they were e- very even, even the bad ones would, uh, would beat the so called Hall of Famers from the 60s. Maybe apart from the, mm-hmm. the Joy
0: United types and those, but the
1: average QB player. Yeah, there's
0: cer- certain guys who really revolutionised the position yeah. at that point and kind of set the standard for what would eventually become the modern NFL quarterback, a, like a, a general on the field such yeah. as Johnny Unitas. So,
1: but I'm not going to second guess the Hall of Fame selection committee because it's their award
0: and they can hand it out to anybody they like. And on that note, congratulations to uh, safety Johnny Robinson. You're now a Hall of Famer. Aye. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think so. <laughs> well, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> what What is the point of any yeah. of this? Who really knows? <laughs> so yeah, that'll uh, that'll wrap it up for the Hall of Fame discussion. All right, so uh, what we're going to do for this week is going to make this a bit of a two-parter again. So uh, we have just gone through the news and the Hall of Fame inductees for this year. So what we're going to do is we're just going to call it that for now. And please join us next time for the Broncos, the state of the franchise, once again with our very special guest, Mr. Steve Bothwell. So thank you for joining us today, Dad. Don't mention it. Uh, invoice will be in the post. <laughs> Or email. Oh, oh God, no. I oh, know, your rates are so days. Oh, sky no, wait a minute. You're
1: coming home in October, so you can buy me a drink.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give it to you in the form of a beer. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, then.
1: Say goodbye to the listeners, please, brother. Goodbye, listeners. Bye.